Welcome to the Business Trendsetter Podcast, where we talk about trends and how to use them to grow your business. My name is Manny Turan. I'm Adam Hartung. And of course, we are Spark Partners. Thank you for being part of our podcast here. Uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite stories, and I know it's one of yours as well, and that's the, uh, the everlasting darling that is Netflix. We've talked about them quite a bit as a company who has really focused and continue to focus on their value, which is to deliver entertainment, uh, even though their value delivery has changed from delivering DVDs via the mail to delivering streaming, then to delivering new content. So I want to take that topic in light of some recent news, Adam, and get your thoughts on it. Okay. So um, once again, I want everybody on this podcast that listens or watches to know that nine, that Manny and I do not recommend buying or selling our stocks. We are not financial advisors. We are not stock pickers. We are not licensed in that field. We talk about companies. And when we talk about their valuation, it's a reflection of the, what the market thinks. Um, that said, last Friday, Netflix stock fell out of bed. <laughs> they lost $50 billion in market cap in one day, uh, 21% of its value on that day, uh, which was reminiscent of what happened to Facebook a couple of months ago, I think it was, when uh, they had a really uh, dark day. Um, and the issues were related, again, to expectations and where investors get their expectations. And what, when Facebook dropped in value, that was because they said that the daily active user number was not growing at the rate that it had grown. It was a, it was a slower rate of growth. And its monthly active users had not, were not growing. And just the, the people ran away from the stock in droves. And it was something similar with uh, with Netflix, and that they said that net new subscriber number for the current quarter wasn't going to be up to specification. Now, here, make sure we get this timing again. They had this discussion with all the investors and analysts, but they were talking about the holiday quarter. In other words, the fourth quarter of 2021. And so that that went well. I, I mean, the numbers, we'll talk about that tomorrow. We're good. But just they, they brought out, they said, well, next quarter, we're going to come and talk about the first quarter of 2022. And by the way, we think that our net subscribers are going to be, you know, a, a net increase of about uh, 2 million, I think is what they, they, they said. And, and the market just went, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. You know, that's terrible. You're not getting enough new subscribers. And so, therefore, we're going to slaughter you. So now, let, before let me just put the frame of reference around this. The first thing I okay. want to point out is that when you talk about percentages with stocks, remember your base is always changing. So if the stock's going up, and then you say it went up six percent, well, you know that that was off the last number, so the, right. it goes up. The same thing happens when you go down. So I said the stock was down twenty one percent on Friday. But what I really would like people to kind of keep in mind was that in November of twenty twenty one, Netflix was seven hundred dollars a share. And now it's trading at $370 a share. So it's almost lost half of its value at the peak. That is an enormous, it's far worse than the $50 billion that I talked about. We're talking about a much, much bigger number than $50 billion, down a half. And so um, you would say, wow, that a half of its value, was it, was it wildly overpriced at $700? Or is it perhaps underpriced at $370? Uh, thinking about the long-term value of the company. Yeah. So there's some things... I think we can look at some numbers that make a difference. So they said 
uh, that I said they projected the, for the next quarter, for the first quarter, which is, by the way, complete now and in the books. So they're giving a projection for history, crazy as that sound. They thought it would be about half the analyst's expectations. And they talked a little bit about competition. And they said, well, you know, there's more competition than there used to be before. And the analyst put those two things together and said, okay, the competition is eating up Netflix. But I want to go back to this. You know, my whole thing is, are you in a growth stall? Right. Right. And measure growth stalls on revenues. Uh, that's most important. I, you can also catch a growth stall through earnings, but because earnings can be manipulated, it's less reliable than revenues. Revenues are the better way. So growth stall is two consecutive quarters of, of declining revenues. Right. Or if you've got seasonality, then it's two quarters compared to a year ago. So, you know, they might go down, but the down's okay because of seasonality, so we're comparing it to a year ago. And there is enough seasonality in Netflix that we tend to compare it to the previous year. If we get into a growth stall, you got about a 38% chance that you're going to go into the pooper pretty quick. And then you got, I'm sorry, you got a 25% chance. Then you got about a 35% chance that you're going to stumble around, um, but you're, you're going to phase yourself out within a few years. And then you got, so, that's seven, so we're now at 35 and 25, where it's uh, 60%. Then you've got about a 35% chance that you're just going to stumble and do you know, kind of like General Motors from 1960 to the year 2000 or 1995. Right. Just like it doesn't matter. You know, the stock never goes up. Doesn't, it's just yeah, terrible. Stagnant almost. Yeah, very stagnant. That's about another twenty-five percent. You got about a ten percent chance that you'll regain growth. So the point here is, you don't want to hit a growth stall. A growth stall really indicates, oh my gosh, something's happening. People are taking their money elsewhere. They're not spending money, and so we have to start saying, is Netflix in a growth stall? Now, remember when I did the numbers on Facebook, I was able to demonstrate that they were far, far, far from a growth stall. Their numbers were all up. They were consecutively going up in terms of revenue, and that the the thing to look at was the revenue per user. So the daily active users may not have been growing, but the, the revenue per user was uh, had gone up tenfold over the last decade and was continuing to grow every every quarter. And therefore, I was very optimistic, and I still to this day remain optimistic about Facebook. And that's why I want to dig in on Netflix. Okay, is that, okay, they did add two and a half million. Um, new subscribers in the first quarter. They confirmed that. So we don't have a decline in users. It's just not what it used to be. So if we take, for example, in 2021, they added 18 million new users, 18 million, and that was about a 9% increase in their base. Now they're up to around 220 million users, and they're saying they're going to add two. So it's a 1% increase on a very big number, 220 million users. That's a lot of people. Yeah, so they're, they're continuing to grow at 1%. So we're not a stall. We don't have a negative number. If we had a negative number, we'd say, oh, that's bad. Let's look to fewer. But, but again, this is users. This isn't revenues. So we have to go take a look at revenues. And uh, the, the, this quarter, the holiday quarter, they had revenues of $7.7 billion. The previous year, revenues were $6.6 billion. So that's a $1.1 billion increase in revenues in the quarter, a 16.7% increase. So again, no indication of a revenue stall here. No, that's not a bad number at all. Now, again, I don't, I don't like earnings because earnings can be manipulated in terms of when do you account for your revenues, when do you account for your costs, and you can do all kinds of things to smooth out earnings. But the earnings were $1.33 per share, 
versus $1.19 per share last year. So their earnings were up 12%. And get this, the earnings at $1.33, the investor, ex, the analyst expectations were 83 cents. So they were way, way ahead of analyst expectations in the holiday quarter. So we're saying the fourth quarter, holiday quarter of last year was really, really good. And we've got the revenues going up. They're, so let's go back again and talk about what's happening you know, with cancellations. And the, real, the truth is, is that in the fourth quarter and the first quarter, the number of cancellations went down. So you've got net new. That's the number I keep talking about, net new, which is new right. minus cancellations. Right now, we've got fewer cancellations happening. What does that say? People are sticking around. They're paying yep. the monthly fees. You know? And remember, they went through a price increase in 2020, and now they're talking about another price increase. So well, I'm not talking about it. I think they've committed that they're going to do another price increase. So what that indicates is, again, you know, more revenue per user. Revenues are going up again. And, and people aren't being driven away by the pricing. We have that information. Now, the second part is they're not being driven away with pricing, but they're also not being driven away by the competition. So in the last two years, you know, we've had Disney Plus come out. We've got Amazon getting bigger and stronger. Um, Apple is getting more content out there. Um, right. I don't know if you care. I don't watch the Oscars. Uh, but I learned this morning that uh, the movie Coda won the Oscar, the Academy Award for Best Picture, and it was made by Apple. Yeah. And so for years, Netflix, well, Netflix and this Oscars, I was looking, they had the most um, uh, awards. I mean, they were nominated the most of anybody out there. Yeah. And apparently they, a lot of folks thought they were a shoe in at Netflix to win the Academy Award for a, a Western movie that they had up. The name escapes me now. Um, but um, they didn't win it. And so there was a little bit of this, oh, my gosh, everything's going wrong yeah, with right. Netflix because they didn't win the Academy Award. And so it's all going to go to Apple, and it's going to go to Disney, and it's going to go to HBO Max, and that's where the market is headed. But what we have to keep in mind is that we don't have a, we don't have a fixed field. In other words, the amount of entertainment that's consumed – is going up, right? Yep. Let's think about a retail, for example. Amazon comes along. Amazon grew the market of retail. More money was spent in retail. And that's a much, right. much bigger market than entertainment, so it grows at a much slower rate. But, you know, a part of Amazon's growth in the early years, especially, was just creating new sales, people buying stuff online that they couldn't find in a store. They couldn't go find the books they wanted, and Amazon was bringing them the books in the early days and other merchandise, so they grew the field. So that's what's happening now in entertainment, is that the fact that people aren't canceling tells us that they're keeping their Netflix account, and then they're adding on to it. They're buying, you know, the, the Amazon Prime. They're buying into the Apple movies. So the whole market, the balloon is getting bigger. So that allows everybody to go uh, get bigger. Now, Netflix is shares getting smaller. But it's not because they're getting smaller. It's because the balloon is getting bigger. And as the right. balloon gets bigger, the new content's getting added into it. But what do you suppose of all the purchased video out there? I'm talking all the purchased video, all the platforms. What do you think Netflix market share would be for all these platforms globally? Uh, third. Yeah, it's 45%. So that's what I'm trying to, I want to help you yeah. in mind. It's down. A couple of years ago, it was 55%. So it's now 45%. But that's because the balloon keeps getting Pies bigger. bigger, right. Yeah. Yeah, the balloon keeps getting bigger. So the, the, but then I want you to think about what that 45% of the entire market of purchased entertainment is this one company, Netflix. It's, it's massive. It's giant. Yeah. It's crazy. 
And it tells you that they're still way out in front. They're still way out. They're still the lead dog by a lot. So, so why why did these analysts sound this crazy alarm? I mean, why did it drop so much then? Well, you see, um, again, I'm not an analyst, but what do you pay attention to when you read what analysts have to say? They'll talk about growth of users, right? And they'll get, they'll get some kind of a metric like that, net new users in this case. In Facebook's case, it was the monthly active users and daily active users, MAU and DAUs as they call them. And they get fixated on that. And when they start seeing anything that looks like there might be trouble in adding new customers, then they have a tendency to run for the hills. Now, again, I'm personally, I always say I'm not a trader. I wouldn't want to be a trader. Right. Um, in fact, there's <laughs> some other interesting statistics that have come out recently. So there's, there's a whole world of people that pick stocks, right? And they'll have a mutual fund or they'll have some way that you can invest with them. And they're stock pickers. And they'll say, well, I'm a stock picker for the pharmaceutical industry or I'm a stock picker overall. And so those are the, you know, a class of investor that you can invest with. Then there's another way you can invest, which is um, you could, if, I'm saying now you don't want to pick your own stocks. You want somebody, you don't want to pick your own stocks. Right. So one way is you go to a stock picker. The second way is you would just go buy what's called an exchange traded fund or an ETF. Then you could get the S&P 500. They're called spiders, for example. Or you could get the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Those are called diamonds. But they're traded every minute on the stock exchange. And so you can just go buy them like a stock. You can buy the Dow or you could buy a spider. So they did a study looking at the last 10 years. And they looked at the last year. And the results just came out on MarketWatch in the last few days. So the stock pickers, all they do is spend their whole lives picking stocks. So they should do better than the average, you would think, right? You'd think, of course. So kind of just take a guess. What percentage of them do you think beat the stock market last year? And what percentage have beat the stock market over the last decade? Uh, I would hope that because they do this for a living, it's substantially higher. But uh, I'm going to kind of temper that and say 20%. Yeah, nine. Yeah. Nine. That means 90, 91% of stock pickers did worse than had you bought the Dow Jones Industrial Average Diamond or you bought the Spider uh, 500, okay? So <laughs> right off the get-go, it should tell you being a stock picker is something you got to be careful about, So right? those odds, by the way, are very similar to the odds of startups. When venture capitalists yeah, invest in a right. startup, it's about 10%, the ones that are yeah. actually worth anything. Now, so I'm, crap. I, I'm a very different kind of a guy. I, I I think that's okay to own some ETFs, but I think in the lang parlance of stock trading, they say you can add alpha. That's the term that's used, meaning you want to try to get a little better than the average. So you could have your ETF, but then you buy just a few stocks that you would say, I think these few would outperform the market. And, of course, that's where I go, and I always talk about the FANG stocks, you know, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And it's fair probably to add Tesla into that group. And you know, what happens is those stocks have done better than the averages by quite a bit. So if you've added alpha or put those stocks in, you've done better than the stock market. But that's not a stock picker. A stock picker will say, well, I think this year biotech's going to do good, and I'll start there. Yeah, they'll start with some category, and then they work from the overall economy to the category to the stocks themselves. And then they buy and sell. And the reason I'm going through this whole conversation is whether or not, you know, it was – was uh, Netflix overvalued in November 
and or is it undervalued today? And you said, well, what are they looking at? And I, that's what I, I troubles me a lot, is these stock pickers often um, put way too much thought into something like one number like net new subscribers. Yeah. And then they, they're masters at creating just really complicated spreadsheets where they try to figure out the future value of the company. The, the, interest, the, the reality is, though, and I've looked at a few thousand of those guys over the last 40 years, um, the, uh, what, what's important isn't the spreadsheet and how they construct them. What's important are the assumptions in them and, and how do they arrive at those assumptions. And there are assumptions about everything like you know size of the economy, inflation rate, um, market size, price per unit sold, you know, all kinds of assumptions they throw into this thing. And what I, I find that just be, you know, um, just a waste of time. I glaze over when I look at that stuff, you know? Um, and so my performance has been based upon how is the, how are revenues, how are revenues going? You know, when, and so the one I always liked was, you, you know, through a 10, 15 years ago, you could look at the revenues for Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, um, and you would say, oh, these are pretty flat. They're not doing that much. It was true for Toyota and Honda. You know, you couldn't get excited about that. But Tesla's revenues were going up. The second thing was that revenues, uh, that, that um, the, the, the stock prices and the, and the revenue for those other big companies were stagnant. Tesla was going up, but Tesla also sold 100% of whatever it made. And that isn't true for the other car companies. They would make cars. They would sell. They would eventually sell them all, but they would have to do so through gimmicks like sale, right. putting them on sale. They would push cars out to the um, uh, the rental people like Hertz yeah. and Avis and National. They push them out at low rates, and then those guys, you know, they turn around and sell them as a used car. So that's a good way to get rid of cars at a low price, so that you can keep your inventory churning and keep pushing them into the marketplace. But Tesla was selling 100 percent of its products. Revenues are going up. It's selling 100 percent of everything. They make things are getting well hey that's a good company that's somebody you want to be supportive of that's still true of them today and that's when i look at netflix netflix is still putting out all kinds of content it's still doing well its revenues are growing you know growing up at you know 16 percent per year last year um and the, and what we haven't even talked about is the fact that you know what was it six months ago that i started talking about their entry into gaming yeah so we haven't even gone through that. Yeah, period. exactly. I think people uh, we, to kind of go back to what we the the constant drumbeat at Spark Partners, which is to really look at trends and look at how massive they are in really creating a long term business. Netflix is still on a major trend, and they're not even they're actually the trendsetter in, in many instances, right? Yep. A, a giant behemoth like Netflix. Walking into the electronic gaming space is going to be game changing. Yeah, you know, it was Netflix that got us all used to watching movies at home, right? Now, well, let me see, they won the war. Let's put it that way. We got started watching movies at home because we got the video machines and the VHS tapes and all that. And Blockbuster rose to eminence as the biggest of those. But it was Netflix that you know was the David that took down the Goliath uh, Blockbuster and got us used to just you know ordering our videos at home. And then, then what they do? They dramatically increase that at home consumption right. by streaming. Right. They yep. changed the technology base to streaming. And then after we got used to streaming all this stuff and it looked like we had an insatiable desire for the, this entertainment, they opened their own studio and they started making their own content. Yep. Right. Now, each of those steps cost them money. And each time they did that, they raised prices because they needed revenue in order to make the transition. 
But it worked out well. And then six months ago, they said, we're going to get into gaming, and we're going to make it a big part of our future business. And there's no discussion in you know, on Friday or over the weekend or today. I didn't see anybody talking about, well, what's the future revenues of gaming going to be? Right. How big a market will that be compared to um, static uh, consumption of movies, TV-type shows, uh, you know, syndicated programming? I have a feeling it could be a lot bigger. I, yeah. I, you know, when I look, and I say that because you know, you and I have tracked gaming for a long time, and gaming sales have been growing just incredibly astronomical fast. rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we've got an aging population, and the young people are far less into static entertainment than dynamic or interactive entertainment. Right. Yep. So. And then your revenue numbers are, have a whole new way of growing because, you know, you can be in a game and buy information and buy um, ways to improve your performance in the game. So, you know, that in-app purchase opportunity right. is going to be real there. So, you know, we haven't even seen it yet. We haven't even seen what they're going to do yet. They've only announced it six months ago. And, and they're still – so the traditional business is growing. The content is growing. The number of new shows coming out is growing. They're still the number one producer of content. Um, they're not the, the as their user base is spending more money with them. The, the competition is coming in, but it's growing the market more than it's stealing their share. Right? It's increasing yeah. the markets. We were buying Netflix and buying something else, right. which is good. And now we've got gaming coming along. So well, I think what's happened is you know the the loser here, of course, is our dear old tired friend the movie theater right that they're on the ropes they're you know they got that ice that metal icing on their eye i mean they're going down soon right uh and by the way i love the theater i love the popcorn i love the experience but it's nowhere near what it was before and we all know that um but one thing i, I thought about when you were saying this adam that might be an interesting thing for our listeners and viewers to to really think about is uh if you're interested in where, where the market's going and in many instances as it pertains to entertainment, look at what the 15 to 25 year olds are doing. I think that demographic, I mean, my sons are 14 and 15 and they are obsessed with games. Um, they will, act, I don't know if you know this, I might've told you this in the past, but they will be playing a game on their PC while at the same time listening to a guy on YouTube, I don't know, play the same game while at the same time on their other screen, chatting with buddies on discord and and this is all happening at this all at the same time yeah. that's the immersive experience that they're actually involved in i mean they like movies too but that's really where the growth is in my opinion in, in the next 20 years no oh, i think no doubt about it you know gamification has proven to grow revenues uh, for almost anybody who's moved that direction uh, a simple example is just take a look at the two most popular cooking channels food network and the cooking channel and they're owned by the same company i believe they're uh, well, anyway, they're owned by the same company years ago when you turned on the, the food channel what did you, you expected to have emerald teach you how to do something right? right or one of these other famous people tv personalities would come on and hey we're going to make up this dish tonight and, and Emerald got famous for putting a little spice in it, and you go, bam, you know. and, bam, and yeah. yeah, and so it, well, it was once, you know, you had a, a, a cook, had a, a stove, then he had a live audience, and he had, he had musicians playing, and it was becoming a whole theatrical entertainment. When you go to those channels now, they are almost all games. 
You know, it's yep. beat Bobby Flay. Yeah, it's some kind of a competition. It's chopped. Iron it's, Chef and such. Yeah, right. Iron Chef. That, that, and it's a chronic drumbeat like that of these shows where people are cooking, but they're cooking in a competition. That, that's gamification. It's it's taking what was previously right. a, a static show about I'm going to teach you how to make pot roast and saying, okay, now here's a game that these people are participating in. Now, the next level of gamification would be for the user experience, right? So yep. today you've got the cooking channel. One of these shows is called Chop that's on there, and uh, people get a basket of ingredients and they have to invent a dish in like 20 or 30 minutes out of the basket of ingredients well the next level is going to be that i get to pick what right. goes in the basket you know they, they put on something on the screen and they'll say hey here's a 20 elements the top four are going to go in the basket vote, vote yeah. For four. oh yeah and then well, we, i, I see this all the time and and uh you know it's much to the chagrin of all the the one people that are not the rock but the rock Dwayne the rock johnson may be the last mega superstar that we have Right. From now forward, it's going to be instead of one mega superstar for every one Harrison Ford or whomever, those are, uh, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. There's going to be 10 or 20 or 50 micro or 100 micro famous people. Right. You see people that are that are local celebrities here in Tucson. and I'm sure in your neck of the woods that might have a social media following of a million people. Oh, uh, yeah. And and to, to prove that, I just look at TikTok and Instagram, where we see these top uh, people that get huge audiences. Um, again, it's uh, it's not a market in which I participate, but I do observe. And, and there's people making a lot of money on yes. those platforms. And again, a lot of what they work on is something new. There's a lot of entertainment value, but there's a lot of gamification that goes on. Yeah. And matter of fact, this is a really good segue because I, I didn't mention this to you in our in our little pre-call, Adam. One of the because we ourselves are following trends. We ourselves drink our own Kool Aid. We mix it and we, we taste it as well. One of the things that Spark Partners is going to start to do is we're going to start to have a TikTok channel. And there is a significant lack. So, you know, we got Facebook. We have these more mature social media channels that some may argue are exhausted. And, uh, you know, TikTok is something that has been growing and, and has still a lot of fertile ground. So I uh, just want to let people know that that's one of the things we're going to be working on is the ability to, to do that. Also, Clubhouse. I don't know how much you've heard about Clubhouse, Adam, but oh, yeah. it's starting to take on a little bit of, uh, of some uh, you know, feverish growth. So we're going to be part of that as we go forward. Guys like you and I could get on it, but then it, it migrated to where it was pretty much dominated by big names, you know, and it was very tough for somebody like you and I to get on it. I hope they're pulling that back and opening up the platform and making it easier for us. Uh, and I think we should reassure our podcast listeners that we probably will continue with podcasts, we intend to, and that uh, it probably won't be me dancing on screen on those TikTok videos. <laughs> it won't be me either. Although, if you were to if you were to actually dance, I would definitely pay money for that. <laughs> uh, bring bring us back around to the circle again. Why I, I'm I'm pro Netflix. I'm not telling people go buy the stock, but I'm saying I don't think it was overvalued at 700. I do think it's undervalued at 370. Uh, that's my opinion on the company and where it sits. And and, and my opinion is based on their revenues. 
I think, you know, it, it, we, we've been saying this ever since we started the podcast. What do we look for in a company? Revenues. Revenues and revenue growth. And we try to identify the trends that you can jump on that you can maintain revenue growth over a long time. When your growth stalls, you're in a deep pickle and you're not likely to get out of it. It's really problematic. Yep. And so we're constantly talking about trends so that we say, don't get stuck managing your business. Use trends to push you to the next level of revenue performance. And in this case, we've walked through an analysis of Netflix where we said the revenues have not stalled, the revenues are strong, they're doing things to add more revenue, and then we've got to the point of gamification. That's the big next, the big trend that they've now started going to six months ago, and they're moving themselves that direction. So when I see, when I put those numbers together, I look through the, the revenue growth, I look at all the products that they have for sale, I look at how the market itself is expanding. They're still the gorilla in the market at 45% of the total market. They're expanding the content they're making and they're and they're going into gamification I think people are going to look back in the future and I don't know if it's six months or if it's a year or a year and a half people are going to look back saying wow that that company was undervalued at three hundred seventy dollars oh, yeah. a share for sure and, and another good segue so we're going to have we had one of these last year that was very popular we're going to have another live webinar it's happening on April 7th and it's called growth takes grit so this is a whole understanding of what you know growth requires moving outside of your comfort zone. This is a, a topic that I talk with folks all the time, and I know you do as well, Adam, that you know, comfort is what kind of holds you back. If you're in that cushy uh, executive job you know, with the golden handcuffs, it's going to be hard for you to, to start a new endeavor unless you've got uh, a good handle on your comfort uh, level. Right, you're going to be uncomfortable. So the growth takes grit. It's going to be Adam and I uh, talking with lots of entrepreneurs, lots of business owners. It will likely be moderated by Sydney King of Spark on the Street, and she's going to help us to really look at um, really. Uh, I think in that domain, Adam, I'll be more the sales and marketing side. You'll be more the strategy and, and innovation side, and it's going to be an hour long. We're going to make this one a long one. I think the last one was only 30 minutes, but. We've already got people that are very interested in it, and we'll be sending out some information here to our uh, our listening uh, populace. So we'll do that April seventh. Yep, April seventh. Have, have we nailed down the time yet for people? It will likely be eleven a.m. on uh, Pacific Mountain Time right now. So we're in the same time zone, Arizona and California, and so it will allow the people in uh, the West Coast to uh, to to maybe jump on it uh, during their lunch hour. And the folks in Central and East can, can do the other side, basically, hop on the other side of their lunch hour. We want to make this accessible. We've, we've had uh, you know, some thoughts about doing it in the late evening, but people are going home, they're tired, and so forth. So I think 11 o'clock is a good time. Well, it's a, it's a business-oriented um, event, and I don't think it's taking anything away from an employer, nor is it taking anything away from your job if you spend an hour with us on this. And so 11 a.m. Pacific time, which is 1 o'clock in the central time zone, and it's 2 o'clock in the eastern time zone. And I hope people can join us and participate in this live event. Uh, the last one, as you said, did pretty well. We did that one in the evening because we were a little concerned about people coming away from their work, but I think we're getting a lot more confident now that if the boss walks in and sees what you're up to, uh, I think you'll feel good about it. And I if you're uh, taking away from your working day, I think you'll feel good about it at the end of it as well. Yeah. It, it doesn't cost anything. So, um, again, let's sum it up. The number one thing we look for is revenues, and that's what we're chasing all the time. And we hope that every one of these um, sessions 
people walk away with a sense of how they're going to get right. grow their revenues. And if you're stuck, go buy our work book because <laughs> our masterclass will get you unstuck yeah. and get you through again. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, always uh, amazing time, Adam, to spend with you here on the podcast and looking forward to, to next time. Of course, I'm really excited about this event in, uh, in a couple weeks. It's going to be amazing. So uh, with that, yeah. take care. Thank you. Cheers.